You know, making your way in the world today sure can take a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? What if I told you there's a podcast that could help you forget about the economy, inflation, and putting into retirement? You'd probably say, surely you can't be serious. Well, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Hi, I'm Tristan Martin, and you're listening to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Okay, Jason, you ready? I'm ready. Four, three, two, one. It's the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Hey, guys. It's 1984 here, and we haven't had a full episode since last Christmas. But we are back to rock you like a hurricane. I'm really kidding. Truthfully, we just called to say we love you. In fact, you could say that this whole episode is done in the name of love. Wait, wait, wait. That's just my pride talking. I'm sorry, I've just completely lost self-control, or am I just paranoid? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll ask your forgiveness, although I don't know just what I'm asking it for. Okay, I'm just going to cool it now. Uh, Nice. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. It is season five of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Can you believe we've been doing this for coming up on five years now? It's nuts. It is absolutely nuts. In just a couple of months, it will be the five-year anniversary of when we sat down on your back patio and hammered this baby out. You know, almost four years ago from this date, we recorded a three-hour episode and we were like, (laughs) this sucks. It was a start over. We trashed We are going to be talking about stuff from that very episode. Our very first episode was an album that was huge in both 83 and 84. And then last year, just kind of on a whim, on an in-between seasons episode, we decided, hey, let's do the top hits of 1983. Well, as it turned out, that ended up being a really fun and really popular episode. And so we did several top five lists over the course of last season. And we thought, why don't we start the year off with another top five this year? Hey, I'm telling you, when it comes to music... 1984 may be the best. It's incredible. And just as an example of how good it is, we have covered every single album that was a top album of that year already. Every single one. Is that right? Yes. We've covered the Footloose soundtrack. We covered Thriller. We covered Purple Rain. We covered Born in the USA. And we covered Huey Lewis and the New Sports. I mean, we've hit them all. Those were the only albums that were top albums in the Billboard 200 in 1984. Good job, us. Yeah, good job, us. In our 1983 Top 5 episode, we hit some of the ones that we had covered already. But we've learned over the course of the last season, we need to put some rules on ourselves so that we can have some new material. That's right. So. This episode, we are not touching any songs on any of those albums that I just mentioned or any of the other big albums from 1984 that we might have touched on maybe last season, like Billy Joel's Innocent Man or Lionel Richie's Can't Slow Down. Wait a minute now. Are you telling me that we're doing a top five list from 1984 and we're not including Thriller, we're not including Purple Rain, we're not including Footloose, we're not including Billy Joel, Lionel Richie, all of those? That is correct, sir. Wow, it's going to be hard. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's only hard because even without those monumental albums, there are still a bajillion songs that are worthy of 
talking about. Okay, so here's what I think we should do. Let's okay. go through our top five plus two honorable mentions. Yep. And then at the end of this, let's give the real top five. Okay, that's fair. That's okay. fair. The, the real top five being the ones that we would include the albums that we've already covered. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I've got another idea, all right? Yeah. There's one song that's a 1984 mammoth hit that I say... We make it a secret song. It's a secret episode. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, you can have access to that episode, that one secret song that we're going to talk about from 1984. All you have to do is go over to patreon.com backslash surely podcast and sign up. As little as five bucks a month, you'll get access to that episode and every other one hit wonder that we've covered over the last year and a half. Let me tell you something else cool about Patreon that I just learned. Yeah. You can follow people for free. So if you just want to see what we're doing over there, yeah. go to Shirley Podcast on Patreon, follow us, and at least you'll be able to see what the song is, what we're talking about. Exactly. And here's the deal. If you don't like it, we'll give you your money back. You just you hit us up yep. at shirleypodcast at gmail.com. Say, hey guys, you suck. I want my five bucks back <laughs> and we will send you a check for $5. Okay. There you go. Dude, I, I'm ready to jump into this list. Can we go? <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I, why don't you go first? Number five. All right. So the way that we do this is we tease it up. We tease it up for each other. We give little clues to see if we can get the other guy to guess it. All right. Okay. And so here we are. Okay. My number five. Five. Okay. This artist had seven top 40 hits during the 1980s. Okay. Her songs have been covered by Michael Bolton. And Celine Dion. Okay. The song that she had big in 84 was actually released by an Italian group called Raff in 1984 in Italy. That version went to number one in Italy. And this artist's version was recorded and released shortly after, still 1984. So they actually ended up competing against each other on the charts. They were actually number one and number two in Germany. Raff had number two and this artist had number one. Okay. In Switzerland and Germany, this version of the song was considered the song of the year. It was arranged by Harold Faltemeyer. Wait, 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 wait. Harold Faltemeyer, the Top Gun anthem guy. Yes. Axel F. Yes. Okay. Giorgio Moroder's right-hand man. Yes. You got my attention. Okay. Singer started off by singing backup for Leonard Cohen. Okay. She decided to try to get a manager herself and ended up Sid Bernstein agreed to represent her. He got her a record deal. Jack White was producing and Jack White introduced her to this new manager named Susan Joseph and she switched. Well, Bernstein ends up suing her for $15 million. So when you say she in 1984, my mind automatically goes to either Madonna or Cyndi Lauper. Of course it does. Okay. But it's not either one of them. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Keep All going. All right. So in 1990, she retired from music because she had to take care of her husband who had cancer. She, in 2001, went back into the studio, remastered some of her songs, including this one, made it a dance hit, and then started performing live again and was working on her comeback album when, in, in 2004, she had a brain hemorrhage and died instantly, totally unexpected. And in 2004, after that happened, this song hit the charts again. She had had a little more success with another song. Wait, hang on. Yeah? I think I got it. Okay. Is it Laura Branigan? You got it. Yes! This is self-control. <laughs> Oh, 
so this intro is the perfect definition of what happens with 1984. You have this beautiful synth intro with this drum machine and you're like, new wave, yes. And then all of a sudden the crunchy guitar comes in. Oh man, I love this song. This almost made the list for me. My sister and I particularly love this. We used to watch this video a lot and she's like stalked by this guy in a mask and like, who is the guy? And... It's it's definitely an 80s video. Yeah. Great song. Laura Branigan, who also sang Gloria. Exactly. Yes, that was kind of known for that one. Hit. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Sadly, she passed away. She was only 52. Like she decided, hey, I'm I'm getting back into it. I'm doing it again. And then right in full steam, she, she brain passes aneurysm. Away. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Tragic, tragic loss. She was amazing. Okay. Cool. All right. You're number five. Okay. To my number. Five. This song was released March of 1984, peaked out at number three in June of 1984. So this is a big sort of summary type of feel to me. Okay. okay? This is a solo break off from the guy's original group. I think I know what it is. I will say this. And you, you just nod. I showed it too keep, fast, didn't I? I and you can give clues if you want to, but is the named female in this song also in the band's early video that was absolutely terrible? Yes. Okay. Yes. I got it. Yes. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, clearly you know what this is, but this song was written by Bill Cuomo, Craig Crampt, and the artist. They started working on it at midnight. They built it off what they call a scratch track. No words, just him going, whatever. Yeah. And then a guy came in and filled in lyrics behind it. The video stars his girlfriend, who wasn't an actress, but she's Beautiful. certainly attractive enough to be in the video. Yep. And the whole video is, you know, it's just like, uh, it's like a video shoot, and they're trying to do all these weird things, and it's like they're on a break, and he just starts singing. And My favorite part of the video is when the guy starts playing lead guitar on the mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is... Oh Sherry by Steve Perry. I love this song, man. The synth hook at the beginning captures me. Steve Perry's powerful voice, the, the should have been gone oh, at the beginning. Great you know? intro. Great intro. And then the chorus is just so much fun. I it love is it. so much fun. I remember when we did our Journey episode, go back and check that album out, Frontiers. But I remember that Neil Schoen was talking about how everybody, you know, decided to go do some solo projects, but he went and did like prog rock or heavy metal or something like that. Right. And then Steve Perry goes out and does a song that's exactly like a Journey song. <laughs> <laughs> Hit number three. I was going to give you this, the top five, June 9th, 1984. Yeah. Which we talked about 1984 great year for music here's your top five you yeah. ready number five is a song i'm going to talk about in a minute so i'm not going to tell you <laughs> number four is the reflex by duran duran love it number three is oh sherry by steve perry number two is let's hear it for the boy by denise williams off the footloose soundtrack yep and number one is time after time by cindy lapper incredible list even though steve and sherry <clears throat> went their separate ways <laughs> thank you i love what you did there thank that was, you <laughs> hey that's great Loving a music man ain't always what it's supposed to be. Oh my God. <laughs> they did remain friends. She actually never married, never had kids. She's a yoga instructor. But mm. she did have that one moment and a, and a number three hit written about her. It's awesome. Sherry Swafford. To your number four, sir. All right, number four. Four. All right, this band 
formed in 1972, but they didn't get their iconic lead singer until sometime later. Shockingly, this is crazy. This song is this band's only top 40 hit. Even though everybody from the 80s knows who this band is. Everybody. Okay. The lead singer had actually been working on the song for years based on the chorus that he came up with, but he could never get exactly what he wanted. Then in 1983, he was inspired by Sex Pistols, Quiet Riot, but most importantly, Mutt Lang's work on Def Leppard's Pyromania. Interesting. He's like, that's it. That's what this song needs to be. Now, by this time, they had signed with Atlantic Records, okay? Okay. And they were given Tom Warman to produce their album. Tom Warman was known as the metal guy, right? Yeah, Motley Crue. And yeah. Yeah. So well-known, good producer, but they start having problems right off the bat because Tom hands the lead singer a tape and says, you need to listen to these songs and figure out which one of them you want to cover. And the lead singer's like, did you get our demo tape? Because we have songs. And he's like, yeah, I listened to it. Just go ahead and listen to this and see which of these songs you want to cover. So the lead singer is confused, but trusts Tom. And he, he listens to the tape and he's like, yeah, these are songs by Saxon, which, I mean, they're great songs. We love Saxon, but we tour with Saxon. And Tom's like, yeah, so? He's like, so if we cover their songs and then go on the road with them playing their songs, we're going to look like a joke. This is ridiculous. Right. And he's like, well, okay, whatever. I guess I'll give it to some other band and let them have hits with it. And that was just the beginning of the problems. Tom was resistant to the band the whole time, tried to talk them out of three songs on the album that were ended up being the three singles that they released, including this one, which I said is the band's biggest hit. When they make the video for this song, they are inspired by Wile E. Coyote and his adventures with the Roadrunner. <laughs> okay. This song is a part of the Filthy 15. It was because the PMRC thought this song promoted violence. So when the PMRC starts their witch hunt, they invite the lead singer to testify and he comes and testifies and he is dressed up just like he would be for a concert. And he says, listen, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I was raised in a Christian home and I have a wife and a child and I try to raise my family with those values. I love this guy. I know exactly who this is. He's my namesake. This is D. Snyder. You got it. Twisted sister. This has to be, we're not going to take it. You got it. a fantastic song. I, my mind was blown when I found out this is their only top 40 hit. I, I, I mean, Wanna Rock is not a top 40 what? hit. Price. None of them. I, and it, it, I was like, what? And of course, the ironic poetry of it is, is that the government was on a witch hunt for these guys. And then by this century, every political candidate wants to use this song as their, I know. As their campaign song. I told you to watch a documentary on Netflix about Twisted Sister. Yes. It's a fantastic documentary. It, it really is. I've seen it. It is really, really good. It's a great story. These guys worked hard, toured, busted their butts. And so for them to have this kind of success is, is fantastic. The one thing I remember about this particular video, and I want to rock. Yes. Is you have the guy from Animal House who played Niedermeyer, <laughs> who's like, what's that? A twisted sister pen? He's Wiley Coyote, buddy. Yeah. And then like, I want to rock. <laughs> <laughs> 
fun videos, fun band. Yeah, I think that probably that created more of a problem for them because they kind of became a little bit slapstick jokey after that with their face paint and the brash and boldness because they didn't do anything after this. Yeah. Nothing after this album. Stay hungry. All right, D. So we've talked about this band before. Okay. This particular song was released February 3rd, 1984, reached number 25 on the Hot 100. Okay. Which seems incredibly low for how iconic this song is. Okay. Now, here's the deal. The singer wrote the lyrics to this song. He stopped and started 10 times. Started it, stopped, threw it away. Started again, didn't like it, threw it away. All right. And he said he knew this was like a hit. This is a great song. I've got to get the lyrics right. And so he wanted to have this combination of attitude, sexuality. Now, you mentioned the PMRC. They came after them on this song because of the video was so used cages and have caged I got women. It. I got it. Okay. What do you got? Okay. So I know this one because this is my number three. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so, so this is Scorpions, Rocky Like a Hurricane. This song only made it to number 25? 25. What the heck? What? This song is one of the most iconic songs from the 80s. You can't go to a sporting event and not hear this song. As a matter of fact, another bit of trivia. Some guy who worked for the Pittsburgh Steelers got fired because when the New Orleans Saints came to play shortly after Hurricane Katrina, he played this song as they were coming out. That was one of my bits of of trivia on this one. Here's the other bit of trivia. So the drummer drummer from the Scorpions had a significant drug problem and health problems related to his drug use, and they forced him to take a break while they were recording this album, right? Uh They're about to record this album. They're like, dude, you are too far gone. You got to go rehab. And so they get the drummer from Rainbow to replace him with his blessing. Right. And so this poor guy has to go, you know, to rehab in the beaches of the Mediterranean somewhere. Sorry. And after like two weeks, Klaus Minor calls him up. He's like, um... We need you to come back because we don't sound like the Scorpions without oh, you. Man. And so out Rainbow goes and in and in comes James Kotak. Died just January 9th. How old was he? Sixty-one years old. Wow. I mean, for a band that's been around, I'm sure he was he must have been a guy who came in because I mean they've been around for forever. They have like 50 albums or something ridiculous. Yeah. You know, we've talked about them before, how their popularity, we talked about the Moscow Peace Festival and how Bon Jovi was the kind of the the closer and the headliner. Mm -hmm. But in Russia, those people were Scorpions fans. (laughs) You know? Yeah, they were the they were they were the big time there. And then of course there's the whole CIA urban myth of We have got to talk about that sometime. Winds of change. Was it written by the CIA or not? I would love to dive into that. Yeah, it would be fantastic. By the way, the slow song on the album, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, it was... Still actually, Loving You. Thank you. Yes, Still Loving You. Actually created a baby boom in France in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> I love this line from the song. The bitch is hungry. She needs to tell. So give her inches and feed her well. 
I don't know why the PMRC was upset about anything. <laughs> it's poetry. Here's the thing. In that video, like you said, it was the video, not necessarily the song that got them in trouble. They've got, they're inside cages and there are women trying to lustfully get to them, right? Right, right, right. They weren't using models. These were actual Scorpions fans that they had recruited to be in the video. Well, you know, enthusiasm is important. It's true to life. True to life. <laughs> I do love how they actually say the title of the album in the song. Yeah. They actually say Love at First Steam. And this album cover was a young Jason's favorite the side boob is the side boob was is epic an, yeah the side boob, boob is epic okay so well that was my that was my number three so I've, oh. I've just covered my number three with you so now you've got to do your number three my number three your number three okay all right so here we go my number three three Released March of 1984, this reached number five on the Hot 100, which I mentioned a few minutes ago. Okay. This was ranked number 32 on VH1's Greatest Songs of the 1980s. Okay. I just heard last night the lead vocalist for this band talking on Hair Nation saying they were on tour, got a call from their manager. Manager said, the record company has gone bankrupt. We need you guys back in the studio right this second. Was it Chrysalis? I guess it could have been Chrysalis. I don't, I don't know what, what album was it was. crazy. All right, go ahead. So anyway, they felt okay because this song they had in their back pocket. Now then, the vocals on this is done by the drummer. Okay, hold that thought because this one ranks higher on my list and I want to come back to it. Okay. Okay? All right. All right. Two. Okay, you're number two. Okay, yeah. Sorry, guys. Put a pin on that last one. It's going to come back up in a minute here. But hey, we're we're not going to have another meeting of the minds on number one, I guess. So <laughs> it'll be interesting. All right. All right. So this song was written on the toilet. <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> this band started off in 1968. They had been around for a while. Whoa. Started off in 68, and they were a prog rock band. They were progressive rock. Okay. okay. In 1980, one of the main founders of the band leaves. He's the singer. He leaves, brings in a couple of guys that we've talked about before. I won't mention their name yet because that'll give it away. But they release an album under this band's name in 1980, and it's got very bad reception. And so basically the band is dead. Then fortuitous events occur over the next couple of years, and the band comes back to life with this album and this song, which is the biggest hit off of the album i think i know what it is but keep going all right the two guys that came in as replacements for john anderson were trevor horn and jeffrey downs of the group the buggles trevor horn i remember that okay video killed the radio star right so after the bad reception of their 1980 album the members downs and how they go on to form asia and then yeah. the members squire and trevor rabin form this group called cinema and trevor horn is still with them he's working production now and they decide to hit up their old lead singer from before john anderson about providing some vocals says when he comes in and they've got basically the two guys that form this band in the beginning this becomes this phoenix out of the ashes and an entirely new sound this is not progressive they're bringing the new wave with trevor horn in here and they have an album that becomes their biggest selling album of their entire career trevor rabin's the guy that came up with this song while he was sitting on the toilet okay. in 1980 all right this was recorded in 83 okay and when they brought john anderson in he said most of the work had been done but this song they really had some trouble with the verses sat down and john anderson's contribution was the first two words of the song 
move yourself. Well, you know, the toilet is a very lonely place. <laughs> it, is lonely. <laughs> it is lonely indeed. Yes, this has to be Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes. Another perfect song for the blend of kick butt rock and guitar and new wave synth. And you've got these guys who are absolute musical geniuses putting this song together. And I got to say, this actually I would put as a tie with another song from this album called Leave It. Okay. Any day of the week, half of the time I'm going to pick this owner of a lonely heart. The other half I'm going to pick Leave It. We really should cover this whole album. We should. We should. I know James Buckley is a big fan of this album. Yeah. Let's get, time to get James on. Talk about this. Talk about this album. That would be fun. That'd be fun. Maybe we could con- maybe we could compare it to Super Tramp. That's a, there are a couple of bands that don't get the recognition that they deserve. That's a good idea. Yeah. Super Tramp '79 too. All right. Okay. Get out the schedule. Let's see if we can pencil it in. <laughs> I know, right? All right. Okay. We to my number two. We're to your number two. All right. So. At the front of this, I said 1984 is one of the best years of music, and I stand by that. Yeah. But I'm really spiking the football that 1984 is the best year in pop, and I'm a pop guy, right? Yeah, you are. Okay. Now, I learned, I grew into rock, but at this time in my life, I'm Casey's top 40. I'm pop all the way, right? Uh So with my number two. I might lose some street cred on this one, but that's okay because I don't care. I'm freaking spiking the football. This is my one of my second this is my second favorite song of 1984. Okay. Here's the trick though. This song was released in June of 1983. Okay. It didn't peak in America until September of 1984. Okay. Well over a year after the song had been released. All right. Reached number 9 in September of 1984. VH1 ranked it Number 44 on the greatest songs of the 1980s. It's been covered by Ace of Bass. I, as big of as an Ace of Bass fan as I am. <laughs> I know, right? I can't believe I don't I'm, know it now. I'm glad that didn't totally give it away right there. Sarcasm coming through right there, <laughs> if you couldn't tell. All right, now listen. This song was featured in a movie that you and I have seen a thousand times. In okay. fact, we will cover it this year. Oh, okay. All right? But it's also appeared in the movie Fraternity Vacation. Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. I haven't seen that one either. As well as the Kit and Car episode of Knight Rider. Nope. All right. This song is sung by three lovely British ladies. Okay. Known as Bananarama. Is this Cruel Summer? You don't have to apologize for this. Okay. You know, I, 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 no, this is a great song. This, this is an iconic 84 song. You blast this song. I want to turn it up, put the top down. This is a great summer song. Fantastic. Now, this is featured in the Karate Kid during the Allie and Daniel's son playing soccer scene, <laughs> right? Yes. Okay. And we're going to cover Karate Kid here in about a month or two, yeah. somewhere in this yeah. early Soon. spring schedule. Yeah. Soon. Here's my kicker on this. I love this. Okay. The video shows these three girls dancing around New York City. Uh And they're kind of interacting with people on the street. And it's real low budget 80s video. When you watch it, though, there are scenes where they're more enthusiastic than other scenes. Okay. 
And the singers, the girls in the band said that when we're more enthusiastic, you can tell that those shots were shot after lunch. (laughs) Because during lunch, there were some construction workers nearby that came over and hung out with them and introduced them to cocaine. Oh, whoa. So when you see them all fired up, <laughs> oh my gosh. it's because they had the white powder. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, girls. Saw you out there. How you doing? Oh, Tried we're it. exhausted. Oh, we got just the thing. <laughs> yep. Got it. <laughs> that's it. Okay. So that's your number two. Yep. So before we get to number one, we have honorable mentions. And if you've got one that was a new discovery for you, I'm interested to hear what it is. Okay. Okay. All right, I will do my two honorable mentions real quick. All right? Okay. All right, the first one, hang, I don't even want to make an I don't I don't even want to call it an honorable mention cuz it's so good, all right? Okay. All right. What you got? All right. This group has a name that sounds like one of the doo-wop groups from the 50s, but they weren't formed until 1977. But they liked that 50s group sound. And it's a fantastic name. I couldn't believe it was not taken by 1977. Mm, okay. Okay, maybe their best-known song was not a hit when it was released. It only got to 49, but today, like, I could, I probably hear it weekly. Like, it's just, it's always on the airwaves, right? All right. It became big after a beer commercial. Okay. They had that one come out in 1980, then obviously this song comes out in 1984. In between that time, the lead singer had taken some time off, ultimately came back to start recording with the band again, and it's just like so many times that we've talked about before, they've got the whole album, they need one more song, right? and this one is just like, okay, let's let's throw this one on at the end. So they finish recording it, there's a guy in there, in the studio that they're in, where, I mean, the studio's had James Brown and several of the big hits, you know, and there's a guy sweeping up, old guy, and he's like, I've been here a long time. I've heard lots of music. I always know which ones are going to be the hits, and this song is going to be your big hit. Wow. Like the doo-wop groups, when they first started playing together, they all wore the same color suit, but it was a red leather suit. Okay. So I'm going to give you the name now, see if you can give me the song. Okay, all right. Mr. Music Encyclopedia over there. (laughs) The first song that I was talking about that they had is that was never a big hit until later on was called What I Like About You. Oh, yeah. By the... Romantics. And so the Romantics 1984 hit was a song called... Talking In Your Sleep. You got it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fantastic, man. I love the Romantics. Yeah. Now, is the drummer the singer on this one as well? Um, so the drummer was si- the singer on What I Like About You, but right. no, not on this one. Okay, okay. Yeah, no. Great honorable mention. Okay. okay. What else you got? All right. This band formed in 1977. They got their name from the comic book Tintin. Mm, okay. There are two detectives in the comic book Tintin, and that's where they got their name. The song... Bond from a fight between two of the band members. They were also actually lovers since 1980. In addition to working together, touring together, they would get separate hotel rooms so they could maintain their personal space. They have this big fight. After they make up from this big fight, they say, nobody really sets out to write these kind of songs, but this is really inspirational stuff. Let's write this down. Just do you really want to hurt me? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The two... Band members are male and female. Okay, okay, okay. And 
there were pretty much, when we saw them in the 80s, there were three band members, even though the name of the band would imply only two. The Thompson Twins. Okay. Is this Dr. Doctor? <coughs> this is Lay Your Hands on Me. <coughs> this is... This is their biggest hit. How are you guessing songs that are minor hits when I'm giving you their most well-known song? It's about a fight hang that on, they had. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> this is Hold Me Now. There you go. <laughs> Attaboy. Woo! Woo! I was a little... Yeah, I struggled with that one a little bit. <laughs> Okay, and then I will just tell you the, the the song that I was a kind of a new rediscovery for me is a song by Alphaville. Do you know this? Oh, the song's called Forever Young. Yeah, I like that song. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have thought of it, but that's that's a great song. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really, I, didn't, I wasn't super familiar with this song, but I came across it in my research, and then I was like, oh... This sounds like the love scene in some John Hughes movie for sure, yeah, right? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. You nailed it right there. Yeah. It could have been. I, I need to go look that up, I guess. I don't know. Definitely could have been. All right, Jason, tell me your honorable mentions. Okay. I, I'm packed full of information, even on my honorable mentions. So okay. I'm, I'm yeah. going to lead you down the trail here, okay? Okay. Yeah. All right. So technically, this song was released in 1984, probably fits better in 1985, but it was released in 1984. So I want to talk about it. Okay. Okay. Now then, the title comes from a 1972 baseball book. Okay? Okay. Now, the song is about an earlier, better time in a relationship where the singer wants to return to those times with his ex. This guy's famous, rock star, been with a lot of women, but one of the ones that I came across that he actually dated that could be the girl is Lois Childs. Does that ring a bell with you? No. Have you seen the movie Moonraker? Yes. Dr. Goodhead, the Bond girl. Okay. Okay. Well, he I'm... dated her in the in the early 80s, okay? Okay. Is this Rod Stewart? He had a lot of... Nope. No? Okay. This is not Rod Stewart. All right. Keep okay? Going. Yeah. Now then, I'm going to keep leading you down. This one video of the year, 1985. Okay. There's a little boy playing drums in this video. Okay. The little boy actually goes on to become a famous rock star himself. He's what? seven years old in the video. Okay. 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 His name is Josh Paul. He ended up playing. He played for Daughtry. He played for Suicidal Tendencies. Okay. Wow. Okay. And he's just playing drums. This is going to give it away, I think. Okay. Okay. The lead singer, or the, the singer from this song. This is a solo effort. He was in a world famous rock band, one of the biggest and best rock bands of all time. He was driving around one day, and he really did see... A deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. Ah, okay. So this is Don Henley, Boys of Summer. Yep. I freaking love this song. And I love the Atari's version of the song as much, if not more. But that, yes, that fantastic choice. Boys of Summer. The title they get from a book about when the Brooklyn Dodgers moved to L.A., which we discussed during yeah. our We Didn't Start the Fire. California episodes. Baseball. California Baseball. There you go. All right. So that's one of my honorable mentions. Okay. The other one, I'll eat my shoes if you are familiar with this one, okay? <laughs> if I'm familiar with it, you think I'm not well, going to get I it. I think you've probably heard it, okay. but I don't think it's probably on your radar. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. So this is the first single from a woman who uses only her first name. So like Tiffany or Madonna, you know. Or Sade. Or Sade, something like that. This reached number eight on the Hot 100. So this is no slack, slack off hit, okay? It was featured at the end of a movie that I really liked as a young teenager. 
Okay. Okay. The movie is called Breaking All the Rules. Okay. Which I watched in preparation for this because I was like, you know, it's kind of a teenage sex comedy that I really liked. I thought it was kind of aspirational for relationships, you know, kind of chasing hot girls around an amusement park type sure. of thing. Everybody's got to have a goal. I watched it and it was horrible. Okay. It was such a letdown. <laughs> Terrible movie. Okay. But anyway, the closing credits are to this song. Okay. Which kind of drove it home for me at the time. Okay. This isn't Sheila E. It is not Sheila E., although Sheila E. was considered. Okay. Okay. It's considered a big crossover hit and influential in hip hop and freestyle, although I don't really hear it. It just sounds like a pop song. I'm going to play it for you, see if you get it. Okay. <laughs> song is immediately familiar okay I, I don't know the title and i don't know the artist but the song is immediately familiar all right so the artist is called shannon okay and the song is called let the music play that's a good one it's a good one it's one that i had on a mixtape yeah, figuring out the bra clasp yeah, exactly <laughs> so there you go there's an honorable mention pop hit 1984 all right have you got a rediscover so yeah, I do have some rediscoveries, okay, and but they're all mainstream hits. But oh. it's like I didn't realize how great they were until until I so went. So you're back just and you're going to use this as an excuse to rattle off a hundred no, songs no, no, that no, you no, want no. to put on there. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll give you two. Okay, two, two that I was immensely familiar with, but when I re-listened to them, I was like, dang, these are good, like better than I even thought they were. One of them is "Caribbean Queen" by Billy Ocean. Oh my. I just love that song. That song annoys the crap out of me. Oh, you're crazy. <laughs> it's just, uh, I love it. Even it, they have like the, the sound effects where the tiger are like in the background. <laughs> so I love that song. And then there's a song by Dan Hartman from the movie Streets of Fire called I Can Dream About You. Uh, yep. I know that one too. And it's also an annoying song for me. Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> Those are my rediscoveries. I love those songs. Nice. That's good. So we are on to our number one. One. Okay. So this is an iconic band that you just don't hear people talk about. I right. couldn't, I, I, I mean, I, I came across this song. I'm like, oh yeah. And I'm like, what else do they do? And then I looked at it and I'm like, holy crap, they've got a ton of fantastic stuff. Right, right. But you just don't hear people talk about this band for some reason. I don't get it. This song, title of the song, chorus of the song is based on a misunderstanding. So the drummer who was, he'd been a singer in other bands and stuff, you know, He's not the singer for this band, but he would occasionally sing songs. Right. He writes this song to his little sister because he's a little worried about what she's doing. And she's like, these boys have other things on their mind. Right. You know? Right. Right. And his sister's name was Christy. Uh-huh. Well, they play the song and they're listening to the song. And the lead singer, Jack Blades, is like, I love this. And then he looks at the lyrics that the drummer has written down. And he's like... Christy. You said Christy? Yeah. He's like, yeah, uh, I heard Christian. Uh-huh. And he's like, but that's not her name. And he goes, artistic license, dude. Christian is the word that fits here. Right. If you haven't guessed it yet. <laughs> so this song is Sister Christian by Night Ranger. Sister Christian, oh, the time has come. And you know that you're the to say 
okay. I heard his sister say that this song was so popular that she was like, do I need to change my name? <laughs> like, people are like, this song is written about you? What's your name? Christy. <laughs> like, Dang, I need to change my name. Yeah. This, and Night Ranger is made up of some all-stars. I mean, from other bands even. Did you know they were touring with Ozzy whenever Randy Rhodes died? And the guitarist from Night Ranger came in and subbed until, you know, whenever they got Zach Wilder, whatever it is, I guess. I, it's just this song, though. Oh, my gosh. This is Baker Street good, man. I mean, the it's build, fantastic. the soft piano, this, and then the the drums with the build. And the, dun, 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 dun. Oh, my gosh. So good. And here's the thing. They recorded the song over a hundred times. Kelly Kagi, the drummer who's singing, yeah. is so pissed off at having to do the song over again. So the engineer says, okay, guys, do it again after over 100 takes. And Kelly Kagi, the guy who's singing, the guy who's playing the drums, is so pissed off that when it gets to the end of the song, he, instead of playing the drums, just chucks his drumsticks as hard as he can across the room and just belts it out. And then the engineer is like, okay, come in here. And they all go in and he's like, okay, we're done. And it's not because he's pissed off. It's because that take, that angry, drumless take, was the take that was perfect. And that's the one that we know today. Wow. Okay. D, we've talked for five minutes about this song, and you haven't mentioned Boogie Nights yet. So, it was on my list of things to mention. Yeah. So, this song made it back into world awareness in the mid-90s whenever Boogie Nights was released, because it is the most intense scene in the movie, it's Alfred Medina. Doc Ock, yeah. As a drug dealer, right? Right. And there's this little Chinese kid walking around throwing the, <laughs> throwing these little firework poppers. <laughs> and these guys are there to try to rob him. Right. So you get this intense scene. Well, I heard Jack Blades talk about it. He says, yeah, we were watching the movie. We see this scene where our song is. And all of a sudden, I look over and we're both sweating bullets. And we talked afterward. We're like, I feel like we've been to that guy's house. I feel like we've been in that scene before. I know that guy in North Hollywood. We've bought drugs from him before. Wow. Yeah. I saw Jack Blades sing for Damn Yankees in the 90s. So yeah. he goes on to build a band with Tommy Shaw and Ted Nugent. And they, they put out a great album as well. Interesting combo. We covered uh, we covered that one of their songs, actually, when I, in my band in high school. I love Damn Yankees, man. Yeah. By the way... This reached number five on the Hot 100, and I mentioned that they got that call from their manager, said the record company is out of business. You guys got to get back in the studio and put out an album. They had Sister Christian already written and ready to go. Nice. Okay, Jason, I've done my number one. It's time for you, my friend. Okay, so my number one hits number one, April 21st, 1984. It knocked out Footloose by Kenny Loggins. Now then. This is the first of seven number one hits from this artist in the 1980s. Okay. This is the first one. Originally titled, How Can You Just Sit There? Taylor Hackford is making a movie with Jeff Bridges and Rachel Ward. Okay. And he wants to include it in his movie. So he calls up this guy and says, do you have anything that you could give us for this movie? Well, it turns out that he had written this song for his previous album, but he didn't think it was good enough to include so he reworked it with the movie's title, and it goes on to become a mega hit. I know what this song is. Okay. Because this movie is based on another movie from the 1950s, correct? Yeah, it is. You're right. I can't believe I picked this song as number one. 
What? <laughs> you are a pop fan, and this comes very clear when you pick as your number one song from 1984 of all people, Phil Collins against yes, all odds. Of course it is. <laughs> I love Phil Collins. Everybody loved Phil Collins. I love Phil Collins. I love this song. I can't believe you put it number one, but I still my favorite man. When he he gets going with his vocals and he leans on it and he's screaming out against all odds. Yeah. I love it. You're the I love this quote from Phil Collins, by the way. Yeah. This is his first of seven number ones. Yeah. He goes on a rampage. Well, Invisible Touch comes out this year, right? Well, Invisible Touch is 86, but that's Genesis. Okay. But even still, they get number one hits from Genesis. Yeah. So the song is written about his divorce, his wife, and his kids. And we're actually going to talk about another song on the Miami Vice soundtrack coming up here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But when asked about this movie, Against All Odds, which my wife and I joke that it's the best song for a crappy movie, he said, quote, The first thing that comes to my mind is the size of Rachel Ward's breast <laughs> is the size of Rachel Ward's breasts. <laughs> oh, and I like Jeff Bridges too. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. From this, Here to Eternity was the original movie. Burt Lancaster. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Same exact, like same poster, right? With them making love on yeah, the beach, right? it is. This won the Grammy for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance, nominated for an Academy Award, but he couldn't perform it at the Academy Awards. He had to watch some dancer lip sync it. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's really weird. Yeah. That's really, really weird. Ladies and gentlemen, you have heard my top five. You've heard Jason's top five. I really, I'm. I would really like to know from our fans. But we need to poll this one. We need to put the Patreon poll out. Are you there. saying your top five is better than my top five? I am saying that my number one is better than your number one. <laughs> I love Phil Collins. Oh uh, yeah. Well, that's okay. That's all right. Where are my Phil Collins defenders? Right. Come Calling on. you out. Come on out, boys and girls. Okay, so th- we did this without using any of the albums that we've covered previously, without also using the ones that we have on the schedule for this year. So That's that right. eliminated a few in and of itself. I don't want to give away too much there, but we would probably have an entirely different list if we were able to pick from those albums that were big in 1984. Right. We'll go back and forth. I'll say my number five, you say your number five. Mm, okay. Right? Ready? Yep. My number five is Purple Rain. Purple Rain off the Purple Rain soundtrack, which we just released like a week ago. Yeah. Re-released. Yeah. Okay. My number five is a song called Magic by The Cars. Oh, yeah. This fantastic song. And we've got that one coming up on a future episode. Heartbeat City, maybe this summer. Versus? Reckless by Brian Adams. Ooh, those are both so good. Yeah, they're packed with hits. It's going to be great. Oh, my gosh. All right. My number four, Holding Out for a Hero. Oh, yeah. Bonnie Tyler off Footloose. You got it. Footloose, which we also just The tractor scene. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My shoelaces tie around my my accelerator just thinking about this. My number four is Let's Go Crazy by Prince. Okay. My number three is Heart of Rock and Roll by Hugh Lewis and the News. Love it. Fantastic, right? My number three is Thriller. My number two is Let's Go Crazy by Prince. Okay. All right. My number two is Jump by Van Halen. Oh, good one. Good one. My number one is Thriller. It has to be. That was the year the video came out. Wow. It was I mean, everywhere. I was obsessed. We've talked about it. There's a reason that this was our first episode. I can't argue with that one. Yeah. However, you left off the song of 1984. 
when doves cry. Is that your number one? Yeah. All right, everybody. That's it. We'd love to hear what you think about our list. Guys, like I mentioned earlier, we've got a secret song from 1984 that we will be releasing as a Patreon episode. So just go over to patreon.com backslash Shirley Podcast. Sign up for as little as five bucks a month. We don't ask for something for nothing. You get all of the secret one-hit wonder episodes that we've done. You become a member of our Shirley family fun. And just to throw this out here, we do hours and hours and hours of research bring you guys just a few minutes of entertainment so if you want to give a little bit back we would love it it helps keep us going right and like we said you can follow us over there for free yeah so check it out all right so d we have next week we're back in session man this is season five the surely can't be serious podcast we are comparing eddie murphy's beverly hills cop versus eddie murphy's beverly hills cop two Another throwback to our first season, we compared Trading Places to Coming to America. We love Eddie Murphy, but this year we have Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley coming out, so we may be able to sneak a review in that a la Top Gun Maverick like we did, and hopefully it's good. I've got my fingers crossed for it. All right, fantastic. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks, guys. See you then. Woo! Okay, well, that just... Oh, okay, no, no, that's it, that's it, that's it.